BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorced Not Dead. And today I'm joined by Danielle Robe, who is here in sunny New York with me. And I'm so excited because she has a, um, also a podcast called Pretty Smart. She's a journalist, TV host, and currently on E! And she's also a fellow podcaster, which is how we've met. Yes. So welcome today. So Very- good to be here. I'm such a Caroline fan. Oh, that's so nice. Well, she came dressed as me and none of you can see, but she's in the top that I actually put on this morning. And my husband looked at me and said, where are you going? Save it for tomorrow. So I took it off. Thank God. Yes. (laughs) So I live in LA. I'm here in New York on vacation or like I was here for work and I had three outfits to choose from and I laid them out on my bed and thought, which one is the most Caroline Stanberry? And so I chose right. You chose exactly right. You're in the white train. You're exactly in what I put on this morning. And then we just went to go and have a coffee and I took it off. Anyway, so you are very well known, and I'm fascinated by this because I'm looking at a packet right now, for your conversation cards. I've never heard of such a thing. First of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Are you dating? Why conversation? I presume these are to do with relationships. They do, very much so. I'm 31. I grew up in Chicago. All I wanted to be... You do? I love when people love Chicago. I love it there. And... All I ever wanted to be was the millennial Barbara Walters. I love questions. Amazing. And I wanted to interview people in entertainment and heads of state. And I moved to LA. I lived in a garage. I didn't know anybody. Shut up. What do you mean you lived in a garage? I literally lived in a garage, Caroline. It was so weird. I had like $3,000 saved and I started doing red carpets for free just to get some tape. How do you even go? Okay, so you live in a garage, but then that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing, to be honest. How do you get on the red carpet for free, even? I would email people. They had all these online outlets. This was in 2013. And I would email people and say, if you ever, if someone's sick or you need someone last minute, I'm available. No one would reply. Obviously. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the key. Yeah. I sent them gifts. 
I would find their address online and I would send them cookies or flowers and I'd say... How were you doing that if you had $3,000 to your name when you were in a garage? So that's actually a really good question. No one ever asked me that. I put a budget aside just for these gifts because I was like, no one's ever going to give me a shot. And I didn't, so the garage, I didn't have to pay for it with my grandma's friend. That's why I live there. Finally, somebody called me last minute. Their host got sick and they said, can you do a red carpet? I was there and Simon Cowell gave me an exclusive and they hired me. Shut the front door. Yeah. You see, I mean, I love stories like this because I think people expect things today. They expect to be given things. They don't want to work for it. And I've really, you know, understood that. I think Kim Kardashian said that lately. And I know that she got slated for it, but it's it's true. You know, yeah. we come from a, the hustle. I believe in like starting at the bottom and hustling. And that is a hustle. I mean, had you ever interviewed anyone in your life? Like, like you had no red carpet experience, obviously. I did some radio. local news and some radio when I was younger, but mostly internships. I knew that I had like value to share. I had a different perspective. I had ideas. I grew up on the internet type of a thing when people were more traditional, but I knew I had a lot to learn. So who was going to pay me? I didn't expect that, but I agree with you. I think her comments got misinterpreted yeah. and people want things. They want the easy route. And what I'm trying to say is it's, in today's world, there isn't an easy route. It you know, looks like there might be when you see Instagram someone. Instagram makes it yeah. look easy, but you don't see what goes behind it. And I think something I try and get across a lot that, you know, just because you're seeing a snapshot of someone, you don't see what goes into it and how the hard work that it takes. And no, you know, if it was that easy, we'd all be out there doing it. It's not easy. And I think not giving up. And also, well, I think the valuable lesson that you, because people love takeaways on podcasts. And if I take something from what you just told me, it's doing something different. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's putting yourself out there and thinking, what can I do to grab someone's attention? And that doesn't mean people, all of you start bombarding people with emails, but I love- Or the, the flowers. Or the, well, I mean, I don't mind. You can bombard me with flowers if you want. Well, you did show up with me, with, to me today with flowers. Well, no I one's ever this. done that. Really? No, no one's ever done that. So, you know, not you, Sergio. He's in the background going, I bring you flowers. But I think those little things that you don't think of or people have forgotten, you know, including myself. So I'm, I'm going to take one for the team here. I'm terrible really means so. so much. Well, I do forget because even I had a gift company and I think I was doing gifts for so long that I was like, if I see another bloody gift, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm like, I just, I was exhausted by the time I got home. I didn't want to give a gift. Anyway, I think that that just shows that you are diligent, you are hardworking. And even though you were in a shitty position yourself, you're willing to give more to get what you need and what you want, Right. Such and a good point. I think being a giver... is what it takes. ...is so important. Yeah. You know, you could, so many people could have sat in that garage and gone, what the fuck am I doing? You know, why? And I, you know, I'm pretty and I deserve this. And I mean, but everyone's... And she's right. You know, it's tender. She's pretty, by the way. None of you can see her right now. But Thanks, you, know, you are very pretty. But in LA, everyone's pretty. Unfortunately, it's the truth. You're competing in a world where everyone's pretty. Everyone's moved to a, a small town to pretty much you know, do the same thing, right? Yeah. So you need to do what she did, which is make a difference. How can you stand out from that crowd? Well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I asked my friends after our E! interview, I got a lot of messages from my friends saying, I love Caroline. And I said, why? Like, what do you, what do you love about her? And they said in so many different ways, basically what I garnered is you live life on your own terms. 
And that takes so much courage. It's very difficult to do that. And I think what you are seeing in me is... Better the same. No, it's like a go... It's like a... Yeah. If you want it, go get it. Yeah. And you go after everything you want. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't just come to you, ladies. And I think a lot of young girls have forgotten today the struggle and the things. And actually, every struggle or every business I've lost or every, uh, you know, thing I've been through has only made it better in the end. And and you will look back on that journey. And you mm-hmm. probably do already, actually, because the way you say it. So you have a smile on your face yeah. and think, God, look how far I've come. It's fucking amazing. It's amazing. That's you know, amazing. and that's, it's the truth. So I think if you can teach people things like this in a world that has become very, very, very shallow and people don't believe in hard work anymore. In fact, I think, you know, unfortunately, COVID made that even more Mm -hmm. because people got used to being at home. And, you know, it's hard to go back, isn't it? And it's sad for businesses and things and everyone out there. And I think that today you have to work 10 times harder, actually. Yeah, there's more to do, right? Instagram is like a sort of side job tool to your actual job. Yes. Instagram is a side job to your actual job. And I think people have forgotten that too. So most people that are doing that are doing other things too, not just that is it's like magazines are kind of dying and obsolete mm-hmm. and Instagram is your way. And it's a very clever way. It's your billboard, right? It's so well card. said. Yeah. It's your billboard. If you couldn't afford a billboard in Times Square today, there it is. It's, that's how you advertise yourself. And it's bloody amazing because actually the, yep. the tool that you've got there is you can meet anyone. You can make yourself accessible to anyone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even like, well, let's go back to business and your yeah. business cards and things, you know, your, your conversation cards, which I'm obsessed by. So you're single now. I'm so single. And actually these cards came out of me falling in love. Oh, no, the wrong way around. Okay. Yep. I thought these cards were going to be like your conversation, how to get on a date. <laughs> well, they're really good for dates because you skip all of the... Bullshit. All the bullshit. Because like, I don't care if you have siblings and what your favorite restaurant is. Like these really get deep. But I had fallen in love. I lived in LA. I fell in love for the first time. And I also got a job that I thought was it. This is why I moved to LA. This is why I lived in the garage. And I hated it. I would like break out into hives at lunch and cry. So I quit. What was it? (laughs) It It was an entertainment outlet. And but why, why was it so awful? I was reporting, I was doing entertainment news, reporting on people's lives, writing stories. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this is not why I moved to LA. Like I moved to LA, it sounds corny, but I learn and love people's stories. That's why this podcast is so fun. I love interviewing people. I did not go to college and like read all these books to report on what Britney Spears' dog was wearing that day. And it just wasn't a fun environment. It wasn't for me. So I quit. I was unemployed. So I was so broke. And I looked at a list of questions. I always kept questions on a Google Doc. And I'd asked them to celebrities and entrepreneurs over the course of years. And I looked at them. I had like 800. And I never asked myself one question. And I thought, I ask people questions for a living and I've never asked myself one. So while I was unemployed, I would ask myself three or four a day. By the time I got through the 800, I was more confident. I was more interesting at dinner. I felt like people were like a magnet to me. 
because even my friends and family, they were, so, they, they knew I cared. They, they felt valued because I was taking the time to ask them things. I think that's very, very interesting and important to get across today, actually. People have lost the art of conversation. Yes. Including myself, by the way. I mean, this... That's not true. You're so quick. I am now, but this has helped a lot because I think, you know, I see it in my children even because, again, I hate going back to COVID because it's just such a non-subject these days, <laughs> I can't. But we became so insular. Yeah. And it's not even just COVID. It's the, our, our phones... It's our phones, everything is online, everything is on a, a tablet today. So you just, you know, you go on dates, it's on apps. So you've lost the art of, com and so many people are scared now to converse because they're scared of, you know, maybe saying the wrong thing or not presenting themselves in a way. So you're absolutely right. And we do forget to ask the other person a question. How did you get so good at conversation? Did you grow up in a house where you guys talked a lot at dinner? Well, we did have to have family dinners and that all the time. My ex-husband always, always wanted to be able to do that now with our family. But that, again, it doesn't really exist the same way it did in my, you know, I'm 46. So that's a long, long time ago Then I was sitting around that dinner table. But I mean, I left home at, I left home at six. I was in boarding school. So maybe, you know, we didn't have mobile phones. We had to talk. We wrote letters to each other. We did all of these things. We sat at school and wrote love letters or we had, the, we had a telephone box, you know, and talked to each other. So yes, I guess I learned there, but I didn't know I was any good at it till I started being interviewed and people said you should have a podcast, but I didn't have any experience exactly like yourself. But I think once you start talking, it's quite easy not to stop, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Also, you have, like when I listen to your podcast, I like hearing from your guests, but I actually tune in to hear what you say, which I think is a rare thing. Thank you. Actually, I, it's funny, I was going to say that to you because my, some of my most popular ones are the, well, all the most popular ones are really the, um, the solos. solos. Because I think, as I said to you just now, people want, they want an easy giveaway. They want to know how you feel. They want someone to sort of hold your hand through the experience that they're going through. And I think as a young, you know, you're a young girl and these things are so important because young girls of your age that are on the hustle and are, I mean, you're, you're already on your way. You've, Thanks. you've made it to E from a garage. It's pretty <laughs> bloody amazing. You're interviewing all these famous people. Here we all are. You've been mentioned on Forbes for God's sake. And now you've made these conversation cards. So explain to me. Okay. Yeah. So, so you said, I thought this would be to get a boyfriend. You said you were already in love. So tell, explain to me what, what made you or how these came about or what do you mean? So you were in love and? So I was in love and I had never had a boyfriend that we had like every meal together. We spent so much time and I was so curious. Like all I wanted to do was know about him. And he was actually really inquisitive also. And he asked me all these great questions. So I was like, I feel like everyone wants to ask questions. They just don't know what to ask. And uh, I do this for a living. Very, know? very, very true. One thing I say to you, all of you girls out there, and I've learned, sadly, I've only learned it now at 40, well, 43 when I met Sergio, but 46. So to never not converse with your partner. Conversation is key. And actually this could be very, I don't know what the questions are yet, but very, very, very powerful because I think... If young girls understood that before you marry a man, mm. you need to ask questions. You know, where do you see our finances being? 
Oh, would you want to buy a house together? How do you see bringing up children? These, it's funny, these questions that are so basic are so frightening to people to ask because you don't want to sort of look, I don't know, desperate or money grabbing or too needy. And actually, I started, I think, on my first or second date with Sergio, I started asking all these questions. And it's the most powerful thing. So this is genius. Thank you. I also think, to your point, that you don't lose somebody by being real. And so... But people think you do. They get very scared. Young girls get very scared because they, yeah. in a way they get so grateful they found love that yeah. they'll turn themselves into anything to make the man stay. And they don't want to ask the question to just not make themselves look a bit inconvenient in a way. You know, they don't want to ask the inconvenient questions and put, you know, sort of uncomfortable questions, which need to be asked. I've been there. I know that feeling. And I think one of the things I've learned is that that only works for a small amount of time. Because eventually, like people send their representatives, like their best person into the relationship. Yes. But eventually the real person shows up. You can't fake it for too long. No, you cannot. And I think that's very, very important. And I think that, you know, people need to be able to feel comfortable. I think I was having this conversation weirdly yeah. with Sergio walking to the, the Starbucks today. Because I said, you know, I think at the age when I got married, you don't ask these questions because you're so bloody grateful that somebody just said, marry me. Right. I've, I mean, I even feel that it's like, I do want to be chosen. Yes. But I also want to choose. Yeah. And I think we took that out of our lives a long time ago. I think we just went, oh my God, someone's asked me to marry no one else will. So yes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like the move because I'm like in my uh, late twenties and it's what everyone expects me to do. And oh my God, mm -hmm. I got a husband. Did you? So I know, and actually the reality of like, where will we live? You know, are we two different nationalities? Maybe he wants to go back to his hometown eventually. You know, will we have kids? What religion will they be? You know, we haven't it's asked huge. any of these. It's huge. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Let's take a little break from the show and talk about Cozy Earth. As you guys all know, I absolutely love working from home and working in my bedroom. It's the only place I can get some peace and quiet from the dogs, everybody that works for me, my kids and all the pets. So it's really important to me that my bedroom is comfortable and soft and inviting. And I have discovered Cozy Earth, which are made from responsibly and sustainably sourced materials from the earth so that they can give you a restorative sleep that you need and I need to curate your own sanctuary and recharge from the comfort of your home. Cozy Earth is softer than cotton. So they make everything from sheets to pajamas to towels, anything you can think of really in cotton like that. I mean, they're just for the bedroom. I absolutely love it. They made them so soft because they're from viscose from bamboo fabrics. And the real exciting part about this as well, especially for someone that, like me who lives in a very hot climate, Cozy Earth is temperature regulating, which means it will keep you cool and comfortable all night long. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's favorites list for over four years in a row now, which is, as we know, Oprah is a god for these things. Frankly, I'm a huge fan. And anything Oprah recommends is always the best. They also offer you a 10-year warranty on all their products, which is quite incredible, and a 100-night sleep test. That means you can try it for 100 nights, and if you don't like it, you can send it back for a full refund. But frankly, girls, I know that cotton gets better and better over time and softer. So the more you wash them, the more comfy and inviting they are. 
The sheets are now available in five colors, white, light gray, driftwood, charcoal, and oats. So there's something for everyone. My personal favorite is the light gray. If you head over today to Cozy Earth, I'm offering my listeners an exclusive offer, 35% off site-wide when you use code DND. That's 35% off site-wide when you use the code DND. You can't do better than that. So happy shopping, and I hope you love Cozy as Earth as much as I do. Let's get back to the show. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. What are in these cards? Yeah, should we do a few? Yes, let's do it. Okay. okay. So you came up with these. Are these kind of questions in there or am I just... No. So these are more conversation prompting, I would say, like mm-hmm. get to know you. Some of them are a little funny. Some of them are deep. I actually am coming out with... what. So these are 52 cards for deeper conversation. I'm coming out with 52 cards to fall in love. So those kinds of questions will be in that pack. Because those are so important. uh, Well, I mean, I think every young girl should have that. So there you go. That's your next one. Yeah. So what do we have here? So you just literally, what would you do? So what I usually do is I just like spread them out and have somebody pick one. Okay. So we'll go, okay, do plants thrive or die in your care? I mean, they die in my care, unfortunately. What does that say about us? I don't know because you're nurturing, aren't you? I mean, if you like cactus. (laughs) I killed succulents one time, which I heard was impossible. I kill everything. Does it mean that we're busy? I know. I think it's just, yes. I mean, I love them. I stroke my plants and I love my plants, but they just never survive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've gone to silk. I feel like Sergio's probably good with plants. He's, he strikes Sergio's me Sergio's good as, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's just such a sweetheart. Do you fall in love easily? No. And what is your love language? I don't fall in love easily, I don't think. It took me a long time to sort of warm up to Sergio because I was just like the rest of the world, I think. I was quite distrusting Mm. of a young guy and such an older woman. And like, what did he want? But I mean, you know, didn't really care either for the beginning. But now I see, you know, we're three years in and he lives with my family. And trust me, there are easier places to be than my house. What was the moment that it switched for you? Like when you were like, hmm, maybe this is more than just... I know in the first episode, the people said toy boy as a joke. I think, you know, he just, the one thing about Sergio is he never wobbled. I wobbled, he never wobbled. And I think when you see someone who wants something, as you said, you know, when you knew you wanted to be an entertainment host, you went for it, right? Sergio knew he was going to be with me from day one. I don't know how you know that, but he was just adamant. And it's not like he's a very good looking guy. He could have gone and got anyone. And I, you know, I would have been fine if it had just been sex too. So, but he's still here. So who am I? I don't know. I don't know. It's the consistency. Consistency. Don't you think that's so important for women? Yes, I do. What has kept going wrong for you? (laughs) That's a good question. Yes. I don't know if it's kept going wrong. So my previous boyfriend, the one that you made I, ma- I was made the cards about, not about, I, we won't give him that credit, but. No, because he's going to ask for royalties. Yeah, that was like my <laughs> first real relationship. 
where I was deeply, deeply in love. And we were two different ethnicities, two different religions and had very different upbringings. And at the beginning, that was fascinating to me. And towards the end of our relationship, we had moved in together. And so much of that came out in a way that it hadn't before. Like his idea, this is like a, such a small thing, but like he would travel a lot and he wouldn't tell me when he was leaving or coming back. And in my mind, that was unacceptable. Like, of course we like, you can't just spring things like that. It was weird. When are you coming back? I don't know. Yeah, like maybe Thursday, maybe Saturday. What is he, a cat? It's like, like, no, honey, no. And I realized he grew up with a single mom and he had never seen two people interact in that way. And I grew up with two parents that had all those conversations all the time. So you were just a pain in a way, like controlling to him. A little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think you would look for now? I'm actually kind of not kind of, I am very grateful that I've waited because had I chosen somebody at 27, 29, I didn't know myself the way I do now. I keep saying that women, we just don't. No. And when I turned 30, I kind of had a meltdown, but I kind of blame my mom as well for that because she was like baby's husband. And I was like, I don't even feel close to that. But listen to me. And I say this time and time again. So I'm sorry for those of you that keep listening to my podcast, but 30. Are you bloody kidding me? I don't get it. I've got to reiterate and rewrite this book somehow. You leave school at 18. So you're still being taught. Then between 18 and 25, if you haven't got married, you're now over the hill. It doesn't make any sense at all. You can't go from a child to a wife to this to old. First of all, we were old before 50. We're no longer dying at 50. We're dying at 100. You are not even a quarter, well, you're just a quarter way through, not even, of your life. You do not need to be worrying about babies, husbands, or anything for a good another five to 10 years. You're okay. Thank you for that. And I want to run that by everyone. The only thing I would suggest is all of you girls freezing your eggs. Other than that, Mm -hmm. no need. I have chosen my life partner at 45 and I'm having the time of my life again. There is no rush for anyone to feel over the hill and that you have missed the boat. There there is no boat. Okay, there is no boat. Hearing you say that actually like relieves pressure in my chest because so many people in my life say, my grandma always says to me, if you're too picky, you get the bottom of the barrel. It's the worst. And it's so negative. My grandmother was the same. Like, oh, darling, no one's going to ever marry you because, you know, you, you always expect too much. Expect too much. I mean, like, no, it's always a negative. It's like you have to. No, we don't have to do anything. And if I can show women that life begins at 40, really begins. I mean, if I could, I, if my daughter even begins to look at a man before she's 35, really, or 20, 32, I have no interest, none. She doesn't I love need to. that, Caroline. Try on your shoes, go and have fun. I think it's such a shame. I'm going to tell my daughter that you should live in chapters. So your chapter was up to school till you leave school. Then the next chapter is your 20s where you should be finding your career and focusing on what you want to do and how you're going to do it and where you're going to do it. Which country you want to live in. Not focusing on the husband and children. Absolutely fucking not. I mean, why would I... Like, if you spend your whole 20s figuring out who you are 
maybe trying a few relationships, a couple of relationships. There are no wrongs with how many men you have today. That's up to you. You do you. Mm-hmm. And find out what kind of guy. You can't do that if you're with the same guy that you had from school. You don't know who you are. You've never lived alone. You haven't tried another city I'm going to tell my daughter, get on a plane, go travel the world. You know, if you meet someone, have a beautiful love story, but don't even think about getting married. For what? You don't need children before 35. I mean, today you can have, freeze your eggs and you have options. Don't do it. I can't even thank you enough for telling women that, particularly me, Mm. because I do... I know that. And sometimes in the back of my head, I hear those voices. Because we've been conditioned. It's like we've joined a cult. Yes. And had I chosen somebody early on, I think I would have been divorced, which is not also not the end of the world. Nothing wrong with it, but you're absolutely right. You would have, and most people are, or they end up in, you know, being told to stick out marriages. And, you know, which is what my family did to me, stick it out, darling. And I'm like, well, I'm not dying tomorrow, mommy. So no, I'm not going to stick it out because that's what you were all taught to do. And I don't believe in sticking out of marriage. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that two people should live unhappy for children because children don't require that. I don't believe that you should compromise your life in any way, shape or form. And I don't believe in teaching new generations that at all. It's ridiculous as a 31 little year old pocket rocket sitting next to me is thinking (laughs) that she's too old to start life with a man. It's It makes me so crazy to hear it, that it's still such a thing, because I think there are women out there now who are breaking a lot of boundaries. You know, divorce doesn't need to be this deathly fucking thing. It Mm -hmm. was pretty easy for me. Well, I heard you on another podcast talk about how you sat at a dinner table when you decided to do it with your ex and you guys decided what you were going to split and it wasn't this horrible fight. I think the idea of like, the push and pull and the anxiety of two, three years and hurting children. That's what seems so terrible about divorce. It's horrible, the thought of it, and it's never fun. But at the end of the day, unless you and I have billions of dollars to fight over, the pot is the pot is the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Can't make it bigger because I'd like more money. He can't make it bigger. So it's either me and you thrash it out over the dun- dining room table or the lawyer gets the money. And I keep trying to tell everybody that, you know, you can't make the guy give you more than he has. You know, you can't get what's not fair. It may not be when you're in a two person relationship. Yes, you may have had a bigger allowance. Yes, ladies. And it may have to dwindle. And yes, we all have to make some compromise, but you have to go back to work. I mean, you know, it is it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But he also, I, and I'm a big believer in that. The man has to survive too. I, you know, I, you don't want to walk out and take everyone and break everything. I don't, you don't want to break someone. You need to both walk away and say, okay, it's, and I think today with lawyers, the, if you want a lawyer, the best thing you can do is hire one pre-marriage. Write it down. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say that. That's what we did. Me and Sergio, we wrote down absolutely everything on a piece of paper that we both owned. And then I said, this is yours. This is mine. From now on in, that's what we get. Wow. Yeah. What a good idea. And then the stress is gone. I have a question about your grieving process. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I know you said you were married for 18 years. Yeah. So when you decided finally, like this just, I have to end it. How long were you in real pain for? It wasn't then. It was before. 
And I think if you talk to most women, it's in the marriage, not after the marriage. Because if you've made the choice, by the time a woman's gone, she's already left in her head, really left. You've shut every fucking door because inside our head Mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's your natural process to actually protect yourself, right? So I pictured every worst case scenario I possibly could, what my life would look at worst look like. I didn't remember, I didn't have the show. I didn't really have the podcast. I mean, it was, you know... I had no money from the podcast. I was, I think I maybe laid down a couple that was called According to Caroline's. I didn't have any of that. I was yeah. the face of a couple of brands and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? So that's interesting because on the outside, everybody would think like Caroline Stanberry, she's mm. a star and she has this, but inside you were very nervous. Very nervous. Like huh. anyone. I put myself in a flat with a flip bound bed in my head and then I'm like, well, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I've got three bloody kids. I'm not, how am I going to be in a one bedroom flat? And actually, I'm very good at work and I, I've always had big brands around me. And like, I've always told everyone the misconception of me being sort of born with this massive pot of money. I had enough, you know, just to start my life and have a beautiful home and things like that. But I mean, other than that, I have to pay my bills. I mean, my parents always made sure when I got my first, first apartment, they gave me an apartment. We all got an apartment. But that was it. That You're was like it. on your own. Yeah. Like you, you pay the bills for the apartment. So it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's like, okay. So I do have a glamorous life. I have many big brands I work with. I have beautiful clothes. I am not saying I don't have, but I work for those things. Nobody gave me those things. Not an ex-husband and not my parents. So I work to thrive and mm-hmm. I want to tell all young girls, which is what I see in you. Look, I mean, you know, you dressed in all your beautiful things. And I think we can achieve it. Everyone can achieve it. If you can go from your grandmother's garage to E! Entertainment's red carpet and interviewing Simon Cowell in the space of God knows what, it's showing women that if you try, I don't know why women have this thing that the world just owes them because we're pretty. You know, you're pretty that you get everything for free or that life just happens to you. I mean, you must understand that coming from an entertainment business and living in L.A. Don't you you see all these girls that just think, you know, a man has to give it to me. I feel I've always felt this way that how I look is the least interesting thing about me. Mm. And I've never led with looks because I think I have like so much else to offer. When I see somebody who leads with that, to me, it signals like I feel sad for them because I'm like, that's a lot of pressure to constantly feel like you have to like look good in order to receive any sort of validation. And that's very powerful. And I think people have forgotten that because people sort of use that as their calling card. We're like, well, I'm gorgeous. I should have everything. No, you know, like, I mean, it may come a little faster for you because if you're on TV or whatever, maybe you you do get the job sometimes. But genuinely, it's personality, personality, personality wins every bloody time, girls. And, you know, look at us here. We're doing podcasts all around the world. If any of you have a voice out there, no one can, you can see us, but if you don't want to be seen, it's it's all about a voice. It's mm-hmm. your voice. And actually, you know how I came up with the idea of a podcast? This is interesting because when I was divorced, I was like, fuck, you know, my ex-husband was always, you know, it was just felt like you had something, you know, if it went wrong, I had him, right? Mm-hmm. And that was taken away from me. So I'm like, and I'm 46. The and I'm trampoline. Four- yeah. So I'm like going, well, what if my face gets old and what am I going to do? And I can't make money. And then this came. I don't need my face for this. No one sees my face. Uh, it's a podcast. It's absolutely fucking genius. You could do this till you're 90. I think that hopefully society is moving in a direction where even your face is valuable at 90. I feel us moving there because I see 
really prominent women changing that dynamic, mm -hmm. that stereotype. Yeah. I think to bring up the question cards once more, when I think about dates and I think about what men value in me, it's that because I'm asking them questions, they feel important and special. It's like your presence is the present. Oh, that's amazing. Your presence is the present. I think that's super key. I think people have forgotten that. Yeah. Time. Your time is so important to people. And men love, like they have egos. They love feeling like you're interested. Yeah. And we've forgotten to do that because we're always in a hurry. I think life has become yeah. so fast and hard that you're, it's very hard to sit back. Very hard. You know, I think you're in a very, very, very interesting time of your life because you've gone through, you are a generation or so below us, the older generation, and you are navigating a new world, a completely new world, a new world for dating, a new world for me social media, a new world because you can be at home and do something like this, which wasn't possible before really. But then when you're doing things like this, how the fuck do you meet men? I, that's my problem. I don't know. I usually meet men through work and that's not always a good thing because I don't know if I'm looking to be with somebody in entertainment. I'm not an app person, so I don't know where... Have you done the apps? I've tried, but I'm really, like, it's an energy for me. So it's very difficult that it's like a one-dimensional screen. I know some, it works for some people. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know how much you can get from a screen, but I've never been on them. Before. You know, obviously I didn't get the chance. I was, I was wanting to. You're so lucky. I was like, how fun <laughs> could this be? I remember it's like playing Snap. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like you can lie. I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm a business owner, so I get CVs all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, eh, how the fuck do I know? You can lie. I mean, you know, how many people have written, I speak 10 languages and they get there, can barely speak English. You're like, okay. You know, so That's I kind true. of feel the same about these apps. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope that similar to everything else in my life, like if I work towards it and I, and I put the intention there, it will just happen. My mom says it's not the case. She was like, it, it's like you have to focus on it the way you focus at work. Like you have to really go on dates and care. It's just not my personality. So I don't know. Well, you kind of do, but you do have to do that. I do, I do believe in take it on like sport. But I don't think it needs to be priority. I think prioritized now. I don't think yeah. what your parents are like willing you to do, which is hurry up and find your person. I think that doesn't work. I don't think you need to sort of worry and put a timeline on it really. But I do think that when you do start dating, it needs to be thought of, right? What, where would you find the man? If you know exactly that, right? You're in the entertainment business. So I mean, you're not going to make, meet him at the MTV Awards then. So where are you going to go? Maybe it's the golf club. Yeah. Maybe it's a, you know, Be more intentional. Library. Yes, be more intentional. Okay, you know, he's not going to just walk past me. What's something that you wish you would have thought about the first time around in terms of dating and, and really looking for your person? I mean, you know, I was never single. Isn't that crazy? I think I did a lot of like jumping from one to the next. I didn't like being alone. So what would I have thought about? I just think that I wouldn't have listened to the noise. I wouldn't have been in such a hurry. 
But that's not to say I don't regret a second of my marriage to Jem. You know, I really don't. I have three amazing children and however hard our breakup has been, which is always hard. It's like, you know, I understand. And especially if you had such a life together, more than, as I've always said, even regardless of his feelings towards me, I think for the man losing his family was very hard on him that I, you know, would never change the person that I have to deal with today. When it comes to him and I, yes, it's been difficult. It's been a very rocky road. It's up and down. But when it comes to me and him dealing, even if, even if we've had a screaming match, say we've had a screaming match, not that we really had to scream at each other, to be, I've got to be honest, but if we had and we talked about money or whatever, the, the, only, the only trigger things that ever set you off, I could still finish the conversation with, but we have to be at the kid's school by three to do this. And he'd be like, okay. And we could still separate business from our personal feelings. Yeah. And I think that's... I, in that respect, I chose completely the right man to be the father of my children and to be in my life that point. And he was perfect for me at that point. You know, I was looking for that kind of man that would just be stable and look after me. Whereas I think Sergio is perfect for me now. And I can't quite believe it. I mean, going on to Housewives, as you know, like everyone's sort of fascinated by the 20 year age, or 18 year age, 19 year age gap, whatever it is, I can never get it right. But, but us... Isn't, but don't you think that's so rooted in sexism? I mean, it absolutely is, but I think it is, but I think people are opening up to it now. Look at Kate Beckinsdale, look at Macron. I mean, well, poor Macron's wife, for God's sake. They're saying, you know, they're awful things that she, she was a man. You know, any man that loves a woman who's older, they just get absolutely lambasted. It, it's so sad to me that... This, this is so weird to people. And that's another great thing that you and your generation should see from us, I think, too, which is to cut out the noise, to not think about religion. I mean, life is hard enough finding your partner. Forget about the religion. Forget about where he's from because, you know, you can move. But do you have... That's why the conversation, which is about, do you have the same principles? Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring up your children the same way? you know, how much money is in your bank account? How much money is in my bank account? Okay, we can survive this long. This is what we're going to do. If you have these straightforward conversations that are a little bit uncomfortable for a second, you can actually get through and build anything. And I think the the maturity of Sergio being able to do all of those things with me, we have now built a very, very, there is nothing that you could pull out about Sergio and me that would rock us. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we've already done it. We've already discussed it. And I think, I hope that you will see, okay, I mean, you know, I want a younger boyfriend, I'll get one. I want an older boyfriend, I'll get one. It's good. Either which way it can work. I hope that one day when I find my person, I'm going to look back at this podcast and I'm going to send you a message and I'm going to say, thank you for calming my nerves. But I think it's people just to bring it full circle, people and women like you who live life on your own terms that have sort of set the stage to liberate 30-year-olds like me. 100%. I think, I hope that that we can all live without judging other women. Yeah. We, life is hard enough to find your partner, whatever that partner looks like. It, you know, be it lesbian, gay, you know, straight, young, old. Who the fuck are we to judge? As yes. long as you find them. It's a connection and it's so hard to find what, you know, we have anyway, that if you find it and it's not quite as it should look to the rest of the world, sorry, grab it. 
If you want it, go get it. If you want it, go get it. That was amazing. Thank you. So wonderful. Thanks, Caroline. So lovely. I loved loved today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And where can we find you? Danielle Robay on Instagram, R-O-B-A-Y. And the card deck and the podcast, everything's there. Oh, yes. We have to get the card deck. This is so much fun. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 